Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and we have two awesome gentlemen in the house today. I have to start this podcast off with a big fan or a big thanks to my main man, Tim Maids. He is a well known chef in Omaha. This dude knows food, and he has been in my ear for months, if not over a year, about this food truck called Zaytuna. And it's commonly parked downtown, uh, usually nights and weekends. So, that, that's been kind of tough for my schedule. It's been tough for me to get down there, but I've known, like, I need to try this food. And then it recently moved and, well, I guess it still operates as a food truck, but also now operates yeah. uh, in a stall in the Interrail Food Hall. And I, I went, like, three times in the first two weeks that you guys are <laughs> open because everything I tried was just like, I need more of this. This is so good. Tim was absolutely accurate in what he described, and now I hope that I can be the Tim to lots of listeners and viewers today and tell them about this awesome place. That is Zaytuna, and these are the brothers behind the place, Ahmad and um, Mahmoud Al-Ramadan. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> okay, so for listeners who are listening to this, um, just to differentiate the voices, can you each just introduce yourself real quick? Hello, my name is Mahmoud. I am the younger brother behind Zaytuna and... Uh, Hello, my name is Ahmad. I'm the older brother of Zaytuna. There you go. Okay, Zaytuna, for someone who hasn't visited yet, how would you describe either the food truck or the Interrail food stall hall to them if they're visiting for the first time? Good Mediterranean Atlantic food. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's nothing much to say about, like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, like, what what are we, what kind of food are we talking here? We talk. I know we're talking like gyros, chicken shawarma. Well, like, what what are you guys bringing to the table? So we're most famous for for the chicken shawarma, and that's what like we put it, most of our effort. Uh, and when we first opened the food truck, is like we really paid a lot of attention to the chicken shawarma because we, when we came here, we noticed that we there is no chicken shawarma like there's no good chicken shawarma in omaha like there is some but there's not like good 100% authentic chicken shawarma and that's like what we like mo- most focus about to have a good chicken shawarma in in omaha okay so you said there was there wasn't like that upper echelon chicken shawarma no. well, what makes upper echelon chicken shawarma what's that sears apart do you feel like seasoning the way you season your chicken, the way you marinate your chicken, like overnight and uh, 
all that process of like toasting the bread and like all that pickles and uh yeah it's uh it's a very famous uh dish back back in the middle east and that's what we like kind of uh ate every day uh yeah it's like in every street there is like at least one chicken shawarma restaurant that always specializes in chicken shawarma so is it just bizarre when you guys move here and you're so used to eating this dish every day and it's like just, you know, and it's such an important part of your culture, your daily life, and you come here and there's just like, there are a few versions of it, but none that I've found that are like yours. I mean, that, that had to just be a bizarre, like almost fish out of water experience for you. It was. It was very hard to live without a chicken shawarma. <laughs> uh, but but yeah. not anymore, though. Yeah, now you're making it. Now we're making it, yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys moved here from Syria in 2016, correct? From Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, we're originally from Syria, and because of the war that happened in the the civil war that happened in Syria 2011, uh, we had to be immigrated to Jordan, uh, to be exact, September 9, 2011. That's when we moved to Jordan, and then uh, we decided to come here. We ended up being here June 7, 2011. 16 yeah that's awesome yeah thank you we're, we're glad to have you, how, how, you. like how, how do you describe mediterranean cuisine to people like i know that it's obviously a very unique blend of spices and cooking techniques what what do you think are like the the flavors or the techniques that kind of set it apart from other cuisines he can describe that for you <laughs> go for oh, it i haven't said anything he gave me the uh, the hard Thing to describe. You're going to do great. I'm trying to. <laughs> so, I mean, like I have tried so many, like, American food, so many different food. It's all make simple. And I, to me, it's simple and easy. And there is no too much spices to it. And Middle Eastern food, we put, like, so many uh, spices. And we, we marinate it for, like, a long time so the spices go through the meat, if we are making like the chicken shawarma, so it goes through the meat, and we cook it. When we cook it, the spices is still inside, and it give it really good taste. I mean, what else should I say? No, no, that was that was brilliantly said, yeah. and I think it explains why your food has such a depth of flavor. And I mean, you know, it, somebody, and it's very healthy too. It's very healthy. Tell it's, me about that. I mean, Mediterranean. Cuisine knows known as a really healthy diet uh, to be on, uh, just because like of the way we we don't really have much frying and uh, like deep frying and then uh, all that greasy stuff. Where like chicken shawarm is made out of chicken breast, so most of the chicken shawarm is like you're eating pretty much protein, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like all the sauces and everything, we don't really use that greasy uh, stuff in them, so it's pretty pretty healthy. Well, I, both of your answers, I think, are things that I wanted to bring up. And one is, yeah, it's just like after I eat you guys' food, I just I feel clean. You know, it's not like I just eaten a big, like, greasy burger or, you know, fried chicken or something. Mm. Or even, like, other gyros that I've had can be just really, like, heavy. You guys, I feel like I, I eat a, a good meal and I'm full. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I get up, I'm like, okay, let's, like, go be productive. This is still going to be a good day. Yeah. And and to what you were saying, Ahmad, like every bite of your food has like a little bit different something to it. Like it's not you're you're not just eating the same bite over and over again, but you're finding different 
uh, different levels of that flavor, I feel like, because you talk about you've got those spices infused into the meat. So uh, you guys just did a great job kind of outlining what, what makes your food different. Thank now, you. I think if you ask most Omahans, like, what Mediterranean cuisine is, I think they'd be able to probably identify two things kind of off the bat. Gyros. Gyros. And hummus. And hummus. hummus. Yep, yep. <laughs> you nailed it. But you guys are bringing more to the table. We already talked a little, a little bit the, about the shawarma, but you've also got kofta. Um, you've got, some people might have heard of falafel or had falafel, but your falafel is very good. Baba ganoush is something that's still foreign to a lot of Omahans. Th- this is, these are foods that you guys grew up eating and were a staple part of your diet. Like, how meaningful is it to you that there are people in Omaha who are now having baba ganoush and kafta who might have never had it otherwise? Like, you're their introduction to it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to bring something to Omaha that is not has been done yet or has been done yet but not been, like, you know, like, did a good job on it. Uh and, like, we enjoy when people, like, eat and smile more than, like, we enjoy, like, you know, making the food, you know? So, yeah. That's our goal in, at Zaytuna. People, when people come to Zaytuna, if they're having a bad day, I want it to be the best day for them after having our food. So that's why it, we really focus on making the food and making sure people will love it and change their day. That's why we have good food, good mood back here. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that's a good slogan right there. Yeah. That's what you want to have. He chose it, actually. I like it. Yeah. How old are you guys? That's a very good question. <laughs> Mentally or physically? Both. Uh, I mean, Mentally, I think you're older than I am, but physically, you guys look so young. And I want to say you just graduated from Central a couple of years ago? I graduated 2020, so I'm 2022 20, right now. I'm, that's insane. I'm 22. You're I'm tw- 19. He's 19. 22 and 19. Yeah. I'm 32, and I'm like, I like. <laughs> you don't it. look like 32. I know. I have a huge baby face, but yeah, you do. But, you look younger than us. But I'm old. I'm actually 33, and I think but I don't even know how old I am. That shows I'm when you get <laughs> old. Your 30, you're on count. I, su- I <laughs> suppose so. I'm basically one foot in the grave. But I, I think that that's so impressive. I mean, you guys are so young, and you own a successful business that now has two locations. And we'll get we'll get more into your background. I just I had to know because you guys, I mean, you are experienced beyond your age for yeah. sure. I've heard that we're the youngest business owners in in Nebraska, oh, restaurant owners. That would not surprise me. Because when we first started, I was seventeen; he was nineteen. When you first started the business, that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Put a pin in that. We're gonna we're gonna All get right. in the back end, but <laughs> but we got to talk about a, a little bit more food first. We got to tease some taste buds. Of course. What What is something about Mediterranean food that you think Omahans don't understand, or maybe just don't know yet? That you're like, hey, our food, you should know this about it. Um, always made fresh. Um. I don't think you could get it anywhere else. The taste, the way it cooked, the way it marinated, and, I mean, everything. I don't think you will be able to get it anywhere else. Everybody's serving, like, gyro and chicken shawarma, but they want to make it their own style and the easy style. We choose to make it the hard way and the good way. We just don't want to serve people food. We want to serve them food and ha- we, we get back 
we're going to serve them food and happiness. So we take us time to marinate the chicken, cut it the right way, putting the right seasoning and not being cheap and all of these stuff. We always get the stuff um, like in a, how do you say, high quality. We don't, we don't, we never been cheap on getting like uh, low quality. We always get the high quality to serve people good food. And then, because I mean, f- we really care about people. We really care about people getting the right food and the good food. I love that. And I love when you when you described the hard way. I wanted to ask you what the heart like what does it mean to serve good food the hard way? But you just went into it. It's it's finding the high quality ingredients. It's putting the time in. It's not taking any shortcuts. And I think that that comes through in the flavor of your food. Yeah. Um and anything mock mood that you'd like to that, Not really. He said a lot of uh He got it all. Yeah, he got it all just like we we try to not get like shortcuts and then go through something you know like we're trying to always have like good food okay so like good quality right so i need to ask about you guys euro because i'm a huge euro fan and i've I've got some good spots around omaha but like once i bit into yours i was just like shoot if this isn't the best like it's right up there how do you make a euro like you said the hard good way like what sets your euro apart Make- <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it all goes about the sauce. The sauce adds a huge taste to the to our gyros. So, I mean, to be able to make the good gyros, also you have to to make the sauce good. And we really care about making the tzatziki the good way that's fit with the with the meat and the bread too. Not, re- I mean, yeah. Besides that, like there is, there's a lot of reason. Like there's a lot of good ways to make a gyro, really good gyro. For example, like the way you uh, toast your bread. Like when you toast the bread, when the with the fat, like gyro fat, that really adds a lot of texture and taste to it too. You know, so everything like really adds up to to build a gyro. Also, I've just from a personal note, you guys' meat is like the crispiest, like. I don't know. I don't. It, I don't know if it's the way that you're slicing it off, or if you're like putting it back on the flat top or something. But that meat gets so crispy. It is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we actually do. After we shave it off from that cone, we put it back on the grill. We let it. There cook you go. More. Yeah. That's how you do it. Well, it's brilliant. Okay, falafel. So many. I, I know a lot of people that do not like falafel, and I don't blame them because so many versions of it are dry and bland and just kind of whatever. You guys is, is very much not. Kind of take me, I mean, don't give me like the trade secrets or anything, but take me <laughs> <laughs> take me a little bit inside the falafel making process and tell me how yours is so flavorful. I just feel that there's a lot of people who don't like falafel because they don't know how to eat the falafel. Falafel in the Middle East, they don't just eat it like that. They usually dip it with hummus or usually make it in a sandwich or like dip it with tahini sauce at least, you know, because... It's falafel can can get dry, uh, but though there is some ways that you can cook it that it won't be as dry. Okay, but part of the key is not just eating it by itself. Dip it yeah. in some hummus. Dip in some hummus. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How close is the food that you guys make now compared to what you're used to eating back home? Like, did did you have to adjust it at all to the American or even the Midwest palate, or are you just making it as close to what you remember as you can? 
we try to make it as close to what fits in here. Uh, we cannot really make food what we make back home and sell over here. Uh, we have to Americanize it a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is some addition that we had to add uh, in order to make it like that. And that can fit in this uh, in the Midwest. Do you mind telling me like just one or two? I'm, I'm just curious because like I'm someone who's not been to the Middle East. So I would love to know like what what the food is more like over there versus here. Yeah. I mean, if you go like to a re- I mean, you go like to, to a block in the Middle East that has a bunch of restaurants and you see like one restaurant just specialize in like falafel and hummus and the other restaurant specialize in chicken shawarma and so the other restaurant specialize like in roasted chicken, you know, so and over here, like we just had them all in one place. Oh, OK. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Kind of bringing a bunch of concepts yeah. into one. Love it. Has food always been a big part of you guys' lives? Kind of. Um, when I came to to America about six, seven years ago, I started working in a restaurant. And I really started... I never worked in a food before. I never cooked food before I came to America. But when I came to America, I started working in a restaurant. And then I'm like... I really enjoy it. I really enjoy making food. And then when I graduate from Central, when I, when I graduated from school, and decided to open Zaytuna, and I, when I did that, I'm like, this is, this is the thing I wanted to do. This is the thing I really, really enjoy doing. And here we are. When did you know... I mean, you said you started working in restaurants and you were like, hey, I kind of like this. When did it start to become something in your mind like, hey, maybe this is more than just, you know, uh, uh, a a side job. But this is something that I potentially want to, like, make into my life or make my career out of. I mean, it really all started with my mom when she start like when I start doing caterings. My mom, she's she's a really good cook, and she's uh, she's known in our community that she's a good cook, and they always like order from her. That's before way before we opened the food truck when we first came to America. Uh, she did that to support the family. So uh, that's when the love of food came, and it's like the love of selling and making food came. Yeah, and she supported us a lot during that process too. Why did you? Why did your family come to America? We wanted better opportunities. Uh, there was, unfortunately, there was not a lot of opportunities where we used to be at. And uh, of course, we immigrated from Syria because of the war. And then in Jordan, there wasn't as much opportunities in there. And then uh, there was that organization that bring people to the United States and uh, in all of like Europe and the uh, South America. So we just came with that group, and then. Yeah. And like how did it influence you guys' love of food to have a mom who was cooking all this stuff at home and then starting to distribute it and starting to sell it? So say say that one more time. How did that affect your love of food just having that background um with your family kind of involved in it already? Just like how people like was really happy with with my mom's food just like like affected us a little bit, you know, like we okay, we like this like She's doing this. She's getting really good results from people. That makes her smile. And then that's sort of like, oh, we want to do this too. Did she teach you her recipes? Some of them was my mom's recipes. Yes. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> A lot of it is my mom's recipes. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> do you feel like, I, I can only imagine it would be so 
just difficult to move to an entirely new country and have to assimilate to a new culture. I'm not sure if you guys had to learn new language, but I mean, you're nodding yes. I mean, new school, new new restaurant, and the new yeah. everything basically. Was it was it like is food one of those grounding things where it's like you go through a whole day and it's just like everything is new, new, new. I'm you know your head is just swimming, and then you come home and there's just like a home cooked meal, and it's just something that you're familiar with. And it like does that can that almost like transport you back and like be kind of like a you know almost a home away from home. Of course, coming to coming to like to America seven years ago and had to learn. They didn't know any lang like any any English at all. We learned the alphabet in here. Uh, we didn't know the culture. We didn't have no friends, no family in here. So it was, we had to go through a lot uh, by not knowing anybody. Like not even the language. I go to school. I was in seventh grade. I went. I go to school. I don't know like nobody. I can't even talk with them. And there was like no Arabic speaking friends in that school in at Lewis and Clark. And uh, yeah, just. Uh, and then when we go home, just that's where we like find you know the peace. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where like we felt really comfortable at. And uh, of course, food. The first week I went to school, I didn't talk at all. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really really hard because I mean I don't understand what they're talking about. I don't. Um, I wanted to talk to them, but I, they're not they're not gonna understand me. I don't understand them, and then. The only thing I used to say, no English. That's it. And then, I mean, it was really, really hard at, at first. Mm -hmm. Okay, so tell me more about how this love of food developed. I mean, obviously, your mom's kind of got her thing going, but Ahmad, you, you start working in the food industry, and you, you find a liking for it. What do you think was it about food and creating food that kind of sparked that desire in you? Food, I, I feel food is, there is always a new thing you could create. And I like to create new things so I don't get bored, you know. Um, so I found out food is the way I could. To the heart. Huh? It's the way to the heart. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, I really, really enjoy doing it because I always could create a new thing. I could always do same thing with a different thing. Like, yeah. let's say with the chicken shawarma, I could make it in so many different ways. So that's make me think. And with food, there's just endless possibilities. Yes, there's yeah. no you finish know, line. There is no finish line. Like even as great as you guys' chicken shawarma is, you can constantly toy around with that recipe and make little tweaks with the spices, make little tweaks with. The marinade, how long it marinates, how long we're going to put it on the grill. Should we try mm -hmm. a different tortilla or a piece of bread? Like, there's no end point with food because you can constantly be experimenting. Now, your experiment might not be as great as your last thing, but you still learn something from, you learn something every time you cook. There's no doubt about 100%. that. 100%. True. Yeah. Okay, so you kind of mentioned this earlier, but at what point does the idea for a food truck enter your mind? So I graduated from Central, and I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what to do. And I'm not that person who, who likes to go to school and then listen. So and my, my dad was, my, my mom and my dad were telling me, hey, let's open a food truck. I wanted to at that time, but I was scared that I'm new to the country. We don't know the law. We don't know nothing. 
So I was scared, but my parents were pushing me, pushing me, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And then I did it. I opened and I was like, I could do it. I was like, I, you know, I could. It's it's not as hard as I thought it will be. Really? Yes. It's not as hard. No, it's, it was not that hard. That's the opposite of what I feel like I hear from most food truck owners. Most food truck owners come in and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to work on a food truck. It's going to well, be easy. Is, and then they realize how difficult yeah, it is. Well, it is a lot. It's a lot of work for sure. But it's like when you put like 100% of your time in, in that and that piece that you will get it done. Yeah. You know? And I noticed that, like, since I'm doing something I, I really, really enjoy doing, it doesn't make it hard. doesn't feel like work. No. Oh, yeah. that's the most beautiful yeah. thing in the world. Especially when two brothers working together, getting that thing done and yeah, we'll so, get done. So, I mean, you guys clearly very close working in the business together. Have you always been close? We've yes. always been close, yes. yeah. Since, yeah. Like little babies, we used to go play <laughs> soccer together, go hang out together, get in trouble together, get in. <laughs> How essential has that relationship been to the business? Like, do you think if you guys weren't inseparable like that, do you think that this business could work? No. 100% not. No, it wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, There's a lot of things that he sees that I can't see in, in that business, and there's a lot of things that I see that he couldn't see in the business, so we just support each other in we're two in one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, what, what's like, what are some of one of your strengths that like maybe the other doesn't have? Like, how do you guys play off each other? I guess is what I'm looking for. Like when you say there are some things I see that, that my brother doesn't see, like how, how do you guys play off each other? What, what are your strengths that you lean on each other for? Well, just pretty much the ideas and the, yeah, just pretty much the ideas and what we, we want to come, we want Ah, when we want to come up with a new thing, that's like we that's when we like sit down and discuss like what we want to do, and then he comes up with an idea, I go up with an idea, and then we kind of meet up in the middle, discuss like what's the better, you know? I like it. Yeah. So when you decide, okay, we're gonna we're gonna open a food truck. I know it was a little scary at first. Like, where does one even start? Do you buy the truck first? Like. I wouldn't even know what to do if I decided it's food truck time and I need to start a business. So, I mean, everybody could start it in a different point. But to me, um, buying the food truck is the first thing because it's the hardest thing to, to get. You could open the company easy. You could do the health apartment. It's easy. But buying the food truck is the hardest way. So to me, I will buy the food truck first and make sure I have the food truck. Everything is running and good inside the food truck. And then I'll open the company. And then I'll get the health apartment. And there is one more um, permit uh, food truck vendors need, which is the the parking. This is the only four things you need. <laughs> That's the only four things you need. And the fifth one go. is... You're talent in food. I was going to say, you, you need good food. Yeah, you need good nobody's food. I mean, obviously. <laughs> All right, so tell me about your first night of service. Where, when was it? Where was it? How did it go? First night was on 61st and military. Okay. It was Benson in area. Benson area. Oh, nice. It's kind yeah. of my neck of the woods now. What made you choose that location? Um, that is a, my dad friend gas station. And then he said, oh, you guys could come and park there. And then we went park. 
it was good at first. You know, it was a lot of stress and I have never done this before. And also I was still working in a second business. So we have to switch between my me and my old brother. So I, have, I opened it until like four or five. I left to my second job. And then my brother came and covered me. It, w- it, was, it was really hard. What do you remember most about that service? Like, was it just crazy? Did, did it flow better than you expected? What do you remember? I'm thinking. <laughs> I forgot. You're good. You're good. I don't think it was that busy. But I know we were, we had, f- we had orders, but I don't know. I forgot how much. Okay. Yeah, we had few orders. I remember that day. It's uh, just because it was most of it was just like friends and family, and uh, first two days was like really good, and then it just like boomed out. <laughs> uh, when we like tried to survive the, like when one day is like we were make one dollar all day, so we had to fight through that. Yeah. How do you how do you fight through that mentally? Because I'm sure there's a part of you that is just like, man, are we even doing the right thing here? You know, clearly you guys persevered through and and made it to the other side, and people figured out what Zaytuna was. But on those dark days where you're only making a you know a couple bucks or whatever, how how do you get through that mentally? You have to find out what's your mistakes. You have to find out. So I mean, we found out as the location was not the right location. So first we had to cho- uh, choose a different location, and then when we find a different location. It was good. People start coming, and then we start seeing our mistake in the food. You know, small mistake is not like very huge mistake, but these small mistake could change a lot. So I mean, we found the our, we solve until now. We find the mistake, different mistakes. Um, so we fix that, and then since then we start doing way better than we. Than the day we started. Mm-hmm. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. There are certain moments in your life that are so remarkable, you'll just never forget them. I distinctly remember the first time that I watched LeBron James play basketball and the first time I saw the original Star Wars. The sheer awe I had in those moments changed the way I look at basketball and movies, respectively, moving forward. The same goes to steak, thanks to Certified Piedmontese. The rib cap at Casa Bovina is so rich, decadent, and fork tender that it is seared into my brain. But you don't have to dine at Casa Bovina to have that same life-changing experience. This beef is so delicious, even the average home cook can look like a superstar using these steaks, roasts, and ground beef. Trust me, I know from experience. Check out all the options on certifiedpiedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. It's time to start creating new beef-centric memories that'll stay with you forever. And now, back to my guest. Now, you guys, I believe, commonly park the truck now around like 13th and Howard, kind of that area downtown. You mentioned that location was a, just a huge part and that brought a lot of business how did you figure out like that was the right location for you my dad was driving, driving around the city and then trying to look for something new and then he just uh drove by 13 and howard and he liked it 
Wow. Yeah. Your dad's got a good eye for this. Because <laughs> he found he does, that corner yeah. and it's been working out for you guys. Uh, w- when you're a new food truck that doesn't have name recognition yet, you're, you know, you're brand new in this thing. How do you get the word out of you about your business? I mean, is it all about just finding the right place to park and then hoping that people come? Or is it social That's media? Like, what did what, you guys yeah. do to get the word out? So most of it was, uh, like, uh, mouth by mouth, like, you know, words. And uh, what we really was focusing on is, like, uh, it was only me and my brother was working in the business. That's when when I joined my brother, like, a couple months later. Uh, it was, like, just him. Uh, me, me and him in the business, and we're just trying like one of us uh, focus on really making a lot of friends in the food truck, making a lot of customers, and then one of one of us would just like focusing on the food and making really good food, like the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I know that sometimes early on, and maybe even still now, you guys' work weeks are crazy. Like we're talking eighty plus hours. Can you pull back the curtain a little bit on food truck life? Because I think a lot of people kind of they think of like the really fun aspects of working on a food truck and you know they see a movie like chef or something like that and and there are certainly at there are obviously positive aspects to it but i would love you guys to just kind of give some realities of how difficult in the long hours of working on a food truck and just what life is really like we have done 36 hours straight no sleep (laughs) holy cow Starting Friday at 2 p.m., finishing at Sunday, 4 a.m. Oh, my gosh. I'm hoping that's the longest you guys have ever gone. Yes. That, okay. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty long. Yes. Uh, it'd yeah. be pretty tough to beat that. Yeah. And uh, the reason why we, did, we like we had to go, to go through that, because like I mentioned, it was only me and my brother in the business. And uh, my mom, my parents did help on us, but like not not physically working in the food truck. So we had to. Uh, prepare, wash dishes, like we were doing all behind the scenes and we had to do like all that shift, like, you know, open opening a food truck that 10 hours a day and then we also had to go clean after that and uh, prep for the next day. And, and we had a catering in the morning. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, we had caterings. a catering and then we had an event on that day. And there was like only like two hours or an hour and a half in between. So we had to get the catering done and then we had to get the, go to the event, and then we had to come back and again go to our location. Yeah. How long did you guys sleep after that? Two hours. Like two hours? No. After, like on no, Sunday? No, after, after it's all over. Oh, all over? Yeah. Like I don't two remember. days? No, no, <laughs> no. I, don't no. I, I wouldn't be no, up for a while. No, like eight hours maybe, seven, eight afterwards. Man, you guys are a different breed. That's amazing. Yeah. 24-hour shifts, we have done it so much that we're used to it now. Like starting like at one and then finishing the next day at one. Like twenty four hours, we have done a lot last year. Twenty four hour shifts. Like twenty four hours. Walk, walk me through that. How how does one have a twenty four hour shift? Wake it. Oh, sorry. Guys. So when we wo- when we work twenty four hours, that's mean we have a catering in the morning. So we will start. Let's say on Saturday at one to prepare for the. F- and this is one in the morning. No, one, one in the afternoon. After, yeah, okay. 1 p.m. So we start preparing for the food truck because, we, we, like I said, we always make things fresh. And so, and then we will go to downtown. We finish at 2.30. Th- no, 3.30 by the time we clean at the food truck, like the food truck. And then when we come back home, 
we have a catering in the morning and we can't go to sleep because we have to make um to prepare for the catering so we stay up until we finish the catering and usually that takes us about like three four hours so by the time we finish it's like 12 1 so that's making about 24 hours holy cow yeah i was impressed with you guys before this is a different <laughs> level of work ethic right here very very impressive but, guys yeah but it's, but it's like you said you love doing I it love so that, doing ma- it. that makes it easier. i love doing it um, how did the opportunity to move into the inner rail arise? He came up with it. <laughs> uh, he decided to move to inner rail. I mean, I, I thought it would be a good opportunity and good to put Zaytuna in a different location. And then I thought inner rail will be a great location for me to put my name at and experience more than a food truck experience and learn more. Um, you know, like with the food truck, we don't have a lot of employees. And so I thought NRL will be a great for me to put my name for great for me to practice, to be a more boss, you know, mm-hmm. and oh, I wasn't sure. his boss. So now I have to be a boss of, Six, seven employees, you know, more stuff to do. Um, so I was like, it's way better for me than opening a big restaurant and then move from a food truck to a big restaurant. And I don't have much talent to run a restaurant at first. So, I mean, in a way, I thought it would be the greatest for me to put our my name. name. Huh? To put our name out there. To put our, our name out and practice. And in a different part of Omaha as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Exarban area versus downtown, two very different I was gonna, parts different. of the city. Yeah, I was just going to mention that that there is a lot of people, a lot of customers that came all the way from the west to the, to the Omaha, like to the downtown just to get our food. And then they always like say like, hey, bring bring somewhere to the west Omaha. Like this is too far for us. Like I have, I have a regular customer that comes from all the way 190th in Dodge all the way to the uh, old market just to get some food and go back. That's a dedicated customer right there. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes at least once or twice a week. That's awesome. And yeah. we get, we have people comes every Saturday from Lincoln. From Lincoln? From yeah. Lincoln. Just Shoot. to get the food, eat, and go back. I love that. Those are my kind of people right there. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that one of the more difficult things and something you want to challenge yourself with was learning to be a leader and training employees and that i mean that is a very different skill set than cooking great food you can be the greatest cook in the world but if you can't teach other people to replicate your recipes or to work hard or you know to to do the tasks that you assign them you're going to fail as a restaurateur so how did you kind of level up your your leadership game and and figure out you know this is this is my style of leadership in the kitchen of course, we had to put a, a system before we we did all of that. Like we had to, uh, we have to know what our recipes are and what what everything, how everything runs with us, and that's how we taught it to people. Yeah, it's all about the system to run in uh, the employees. Yeah, mm-hmm. or the and, team. And you just teach it to them, and they they take to it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. What What has it been like to serve food from like an actual kitchen? as opposed to on a food truck, because those are two very different 
not only food preparation, but food service styles. It's completely different. You could, you could more, you could do more. Um, I feel in, cause you have a bigger, bigger place, so you could ha- you could bring more stuff to to put the like the food at the way you decorate decoration and serve it. So with the food truck, it's hard because you have a limited stuff. You can't you can't put a lot of you can't bring a lot of stuff to the truck. So with with uh, NRL, so it gives me a lot of space to show my more talent. Well, and I've noticed that on the menu, going back and looking at some of the old food truck menus, there are several things available at the NRL now that are not on the truck, and I, there are just logistical yeah. reasons why. But like, just a couple of examples at the NRL, you can get the vegetarian platter now. You can get baba le- ganoush. Baba ganoush. You can get lentil soup. Salads. You, you stole the words right out of my mind. Lentil soup, <laughs> salads, the Turkish tea, the Turkish coffee. These are new dishes. Like, how exciting was that for you to not only have you know, this brand new stall to serve out, but all of a sudden it's like, hey, there there is some dishes that I've really been wanting to make, but they just don't make sense on a food truck. Yeah. In a restaurant where people can sit down and enjoy it right there, they do make sense. Besides that, they appreciate the food. Not, uh, like, super people would appreciate the food rather than being like, lit at night. Right, <laughs> right, yes. A yeah. little uh, uh, inebriated. Yes, yes, yes. But, like, how fun was that to get to create new dishes all over again? Love it. <laughs> Like I said, there is no doubt at the end of the at, at the end of the work there is always new thing to do. So make me more keep thinking about what I need to do and what I need to how I do I need to make them, how do I need to serve them. So I am always thinking. So which is make me feel better and loving it more. Okay, so your first day at the inner rail was June twenty second. June 22nd. Were you guys nervous going into that day or because you had experience on the food truck, you're just kind of like, ah, no, we got this. What were your emotions like? Pretty frustrating uh, week, actually. <laughs> Tell me why. Uh, well, our first day we opened, it was only me and my brother and that and the other and one more guy. That was It was his first day. He doesn't really speak English, so we had to, me and my brother had to take care of the whole show and uh we knew that was going to happen, so we didn't really do a lot of advertising. We only did, like, one post, like, 15 minutes before the uh, before the grand opening, and then uh, a lot of people showed up. Like, a lot of people showed up, and it was only, like, me and my brother and that guy, and just, like, trying to make it work. <laughs> it was, like, in the same time, which was trying to, like, get uh, used to the uh, stuff, like, the, all the equipment's in there, and, like, just, Yeah. It was like a big difference from working in the food truck than in working at an uh, actual restaurant. We didn't practice how to serve the food before. Like we made the menu, we made the food, but we never like put them in the plate and practice how to do them. He took, he started taking orders, and I'm like, how am I gonna do it? And I did it like this way, and and it's been since. We started the same way I started. Oh, really? With, yes, yeah. we never practiced. We did. We just turned the grill on, grilled the fryer, turned the fryer on, and then restocked the stuff, and that's it. And we start serving. Wow. You must have come up with a pretty good service style on yeah. the fly then. Because yeah. He said, you, you run that, I run the register. It, it's working for you. Yeah. So now the truck is still out and about. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you, got, you guys have the in-rail. You still got the food truck out. 
How do you handle that? Because there are two of you, so you can be in two locations at once, but you, you guys are also a team who are very used to working together. So how do you keep both of those operations going at the same time? He runs the food truck. I run a NRL. I prepare the food for him. So he goes only like serve it. Is the ultimate goal to open like a full-blown restaurant someday? Yes, yeah. one day. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay, stay tuned. That's yeah, we're, we want to work on, on something like that soon. Well, maybe by the time you get to age 25 or something, no, you no, can accomplish no, no, something no, no, impressive. No. Max next year. <gasps> oh, my gosh. You guys, are all, you guys already have it in the works? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, I won't put your feet to the fire because I know like figuring out locations and everything can you know be a bit of a juggle, but... I want to hear about this as soon as I can because... We'll bring something really nice to the Omaha restaurant community. Oh, man. They're like, you guys' growth is just unbelievable. I mean, we're talking about three years ago, you opened a food truck in the middle of a pandemic, and now we're talking you not only have a successful food truck, you've got a second location. You're talking about opening a full-blown restaurant. Like, when you sit back and think about how far you've come in such a short amount of time... Does that, I mean, does it blow your mind a little bit? Does that even seem possible? With the hours that we work, yes, it is possible. Okay, yes. <laughs> uh, we have worked for the last three years a minimum of 60 to 70 hours into the high of 110 hours a week. Right. So we put a lot of work into that. We have learned so much. There's still a lot of things to learn and to practice, but we have... Uh, we, take, we took it too far. We're taking it too far. Yeah. We're not stopping here. <laughs> oh, I love to hear that because, I mean, you can definitely taste the effort and the sweat equity that you guys have put in in your food. It's it's fantastic. Thank you. And I, I just can't wait to see what you guys would do with, like, a full-service place, you know, where you would get to design it yourselves and make it your own. That Just the idea of that is really, really exciting. Pretty um, excited for that, too. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to it, yeah. All right, I got two more questions for you guys that I like to ask just about every guest I have on the show. The first one is, what is one thing that you wish diners understood about the food or the restaurant industry that they don't understand? Food is really fun. Uh, <laughs> it's it's fun. It's, it's so enjoyable to eat food. This it is the only place where I personally th- uh, sit and eat food and not thinking about anything else. You just black out everything. Yeah, just else? like all I'm thinking, like when I have a plate in front of me, all I'm thinking is about that that square or circle. How plate. to destroy it? Yeah, man, I love you guys. You are my type of people right here. <laughs> Ahmad, what what's what's one thing that you feel like most diners don't understand about the restaurant industry that you wish they did understand? I have multiple things. Okay, go. The food is not that easy. The way they think it's easy. You know, there is more to do with the food. And the th- second thing I want them to do, to know is juice is not, food is not just food. It's more more to it. It's like you got to enjoy every pie. You got to know what's your, what you're having. It's, you could have peaceful by just eating the food. Don't like just eat it. Oh, I'm filling my stomach. You got to enjoy the pie, the every bite of it. Oh, I love that. Just go, like your brother said, just go yeah. into a space yeah. and just <laughs> zone out with that food. Enjoy everything about it. Like 
try and taste all those different spices, taste the, the marinade. Like th- there's a reason that every bite of food tastes like it does and trying to mentally figure that out and like unlock that mystery is such just, a fun thing to do. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then uh, to get you guys out of here on a positive note, what is your favorite thing about being a part of the restaurant industry? Making p- people happy. Yeah. That I'm working with my brother. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. But but kind of playing off your answer a little bit, like I think that that's an advantage that I think you guys have both at the inner rail and on the food truck. Like you're not back in a kitchen always, at least sometimes you are, but not like separated from diners. So you can see people eating and enjoying your food. And I think you mentioned, you know, or earlier, just like the, seeing the look on someone's face, like, I imagine that's kind of what it takes when you have a 24-hour shift or you're working 85-hour weeks or whatever it is to see people happy. That's got to be what drives you on, right? Yeah. And that's what makes me, right now, seeing people happy, seeing them enjoying our food. So that's make give me more um, power to do better. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I, I want to use this time right now, listeners. I mean, this this is next level Mediterranean food. Like they said, like if you think you've had chicken shawarma, you haven't you haven't had this level yet. You haven't had this gyro. You haven't had this falafel. You've got to get to Zaytuna. Whether you want to go downtown to the food truck and experience OG, whether you want to go to the inner rail and be able to sit down and have it, you're going to have an excellent meal either way. I just cannot imagine coming to you guys establishment and having anything less so thank Thank you you. so much guys for all the hard work that you put in honestly and thank you for taking the time to come on the show today i really thank you for having us in here i really enjoyed i i didn't expect it to be as this easy and uh smooth and we thought we were gonna get a little nervous but it was no you guys did great yeah thank you thank you i'm i'm glad that it was a fun time that's really all i can ask for yeah good pretty fun well, we'll have to have you back on when you guys have like a restaurant empire in two or three years because I can already see that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully very soon. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.